0: right to be read podcast episode number 110 interview with Nick Stevenson. You are listening to the right to be read podcast and this
1: is your host Annie Alexander.
0: Hello everyone, it's me Annie Alexander and as always I will try to inspire and encourage you in this episode too. Today we have another interview and uh, I will try to find out how the author has reached the success and how we might use his techniques too in order to get there soon as well. Today I'm talking to a fiction author because I've decided that, you know, it's not fair that we have this disbalance with having more interviews with non-fiction authors and I will make sure that we get back the balance and we will have more of the fiction authors because fiction uh, book marketing is slightly different and it may be more challenging in uh, some way. So let's just see how fiction authors are doing. And today my guest is Nick Stevenson. He's he was born and raised in England, and he's a fiction author who writes mainly mysteries and thrillers. And um, basically, his approach to writing is to hit hard, hit fast, and leave as few spelling errors as possible. But besides that, uh, Nick Stevenson is also a speaker at the self-publishing some success summit about which I would like to tell you before we start the actual interview well basically I want to share about this event with you because I'm really excited about it. I think that it's uh, one of the best self-publishing summits that has been out there. And the good thing is that you don't have to travel and uh, spend too much money and time on getting there because it's online. So basically, um, along with Nick Stevenson, um, 37 world-changing authors and entrepreneurs reveal how to Write, market, and publish your first book, and use it to get to six figures. And uh, they have uh, 37 interviews with very interesting and great people, uh, most of whom I have interviewed already. Uh, but I'm sure you will get tons of value out of it. Uh, they have James Altucher, they have Joanna Pan, Jeff Goins. And Pat Flynn, Steve Scott, Nick Stevenson, Matt Stone from Backbooks, Nick Lopper, and Dory Clark and many, many others who I'm sure will be really sharing lots of value. And oh, Suzanne Roanne is there as well. So I uh, greatly encourage you to go there and register to the summit because it's free for now and you don't have to pay anything and you can follow all those interviews which will be packed with value. So basically just hop over to wwwanialexandercom backward slash SPSS. And uh, you can register for your free access and um, be part of this really great virtual summit, which will help you succeed as self-published author. So I guess we had quite a long intro this time. So let's hop over to the interview now. Welcome to the Right to Be Read podcast, Nick. I'm really happy to have you over.
1: Oh, thank you very much for being here, uh, to let me be here. I mean, this This is absolutely great because it's not a 1am phone call, <laughs> which I think we're both quite used to dealing with people in the US. So oh, I'm yeah. really happy. It's daylight. I think it's at a sensible time in the afternoon for you. So awesome. Yeah. It's great to be here. Thank you.
0: Yeah, which makes me think that maybe, you know, I should uh, interview more people from the UK. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It makes things much easier in, in all aspects. <laughs> Okay, so let's, let's start from the very start. I mean, very beginning. Let's just think about, uh, were you from those people who dreamed to become writers?
1: I think it's, it's one of those, um, those interesting things to look back on was I'd always enjoyed writing as a kid and during um, high school and university, I was always doing creative writing courses and um, script writing and stuff like this. But I think one of the problems is you know when you're at school, no one kind of sits down with you you know you don't get these career counselors don't sit you down and say you know you could be an author this is what you should do because it's just it's not like an established career path Mm -hmm. for people and it's certainly I mean it's certainly not recognized by the education system as something that is feasible and you know for obvious reasons I mean it never really has been until the last few years really and since Kindle came along you know it's just not really been something that people set out to do um and people who who do manage it you know it just seems to be a case of being in the right place at the right time but since Kindle came along, so you know we're talking sort of two thousand ten two thousand eleven and started picking up steam with indie writers um you know it's it's become much more possible to actually break into this as a career so i I'd never really realistically thought about being an author or a writer as something that I could do as a full-time job, but I'd always wanted to do some kind of business of my own, you know, something that was creative, something that I owned and something that I could kind of stand behind and be proud of. So when, when Kindle came along and all, all the news press was about how people were finally being able to make a living from their writing, it kind of just made sense. And, you know, this was back in 2011, sort of time when I first became aware of it as a possibility I read a few of the the indie books that were making it big and thought you know these are absolutely fantastic and there's no reason why I shouldn't do this either You know, worst case scenario I have a go at writing a book and I enjoy it and you know maybe I don't sell anything but I've had a great time and I, I enjoyed writing the book so much and actually managed to sell a few copies in the first month that I decided to keep on going and really it's kind of carried on like that so I think it's, it's a product of um, circumstances and the changing market that's allowed me to do this because I'd never really planned on it and you know those are always the most exciting career changes anyway so I'm, I'm not complaining.
0: Well, and I guess you being able to see the opportunity and having the courage to actually make the first steps required to follow that.
1: Absolutely. I mean, publishing publishing a book, you know, any kind of book, whether it's a novel or a how to book or a, a short guide or a big autobiography, we you know whatever it is you're publishing, you know, you're you're putting a little bit of yourself out into the world for people to, you know, basically critique. And yeah. it's, you know, it's very nerve wracking. And I understand why people have this kind of barrier that they don't want to do it. But if you've got even the slightest inkling of, you know, there's a book inside you, you know, now is the best time there's ever been to get out there and do it. So it's, it's been amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can imagine. So basically, uh, since you kind of, you started in 2011, I guess you had, uh, you know, what we call a normal job before that, and you were doing something else.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was, I was working in a marketing role, um, for a, for a big international company. Um, I, I won't name names in case they're listening. Yeah. They've got their spies <laughs> tracking me down. But no, I've, I've done pretty much every job you can think of. You know, in university, I was, you know, I was waiting tables behind the bar. I was working in call centers. After graduation, I mean, I graduated in 2008. I mean, for crying out loud, that's like the worst time to, <laughs> to graduate. And I actually, I was doing English literature and I switched to law because I thought it would be a bit more practical and would get me a job. Um, But you know, you graduate into a recession, and no one gets a job. So, you know, three years later, I kind of transitioned into marketing. Uh And um, I mean, I had a great time doing it. But I always wanted to do something myself. So, you know, I worked that full time job until you know, about was it about uh, 15 months ago now, was when I find was when I left. But uh, I learned a lot. But I've always, you know, always wanted to go out and do something on my own. So this was the perfect opportunity
0: okay so let's let's just follow your journey i just want to imagine this you you went along you completed your first book and uh it was fiction right yeah okay so you you completed your novel and uh it was out there you self-published it uh and then what i mean were you like all the others just checking your stats and seeing what's happening and oh yeah you know, it,
1: be- it becomes an obsession <laughs> and I mean, don't don't underestimate how much work it takes to, to get your book out there in the first place. I mean, no one's going to kid you and say that it's easy to write a book, you know, whatever kind of book it is. I mean, I spent eight months getting the first book mm-hmm. published. And, you know, the first, the first um, edition was pretty poor, you know, by looking back on it with my standard today, in my opinion. Um, but i you know i went through a lot of revisions and got it up to scratch where i wanted it to be so it was maybe you know almost a year after i started writing that i actually got it out there which i think is important because a lot of people sit down to start writing a book and you know 6 months later they have either not finished it or they don't think it's very good and they're tempted to just throw in the towel oh yeah but you know just don't you know give yourself permission to take your time i mean you do get faster at it over over, over time you really do every new book that you write is quicker, is easier, is less, is less painful, and is usually a better product at the end as well. So, I mean, it was a long journey to get the book published, and it finally came out in um, February two thousand twelve. And um, yeah, I mean, the, the day I released it, I think I told a couple of dozen people who you know I'd I'd kind of networked with over the previous year, um, maybe sold fifty or sixty copies in the first month, which you know was fantastic because. These people were strangers, basically you know it wasn 't like my my parents were buying it, um, which was just the most amazing feeling I mean I thought you know if I could sell one book to one stranger and they like it, there is absolutely nothing stopping me from scaling that up into the thousands or, or tens of thousands, you know, it's entirely possible. So even getting one sale from a stranger just absolutely made my day. It was amazing. And then over, over time, you know, and we can talk about this in more detail, but, you know, as more books were added and I got smarter with how I was marketing,
0: mm-hmm. then
1: that, that just increased and increased and increased. And, um, you know, now I'm at the point where I've got six novels out there a couple of nonfiction books, but actually I'm focusing more on the marketing side of things to you know more effectively promote the books I've already got rather than trying to put out new books you mm-hmm. know every, every month or every two months, because to me, that's not sustainable. I mean some people can do it, but I prefer to more effectively market the stuff I've already got, and then I can write a book in my own time there's less pressure, and it's a generally more enjoyable experience. but you know it took me a long time to learn that.
0: Okay, so I guess that, uh, you know, once you focus on marketing and you sell more of the existing books, then you you don't worry about the finances anymore and just, you know, take your time and enjoy the whole process of writing the new one.
1: Exactly. I mean, even, even with very good indie sales, I mean, you're still not likely to be shifting millions of copies. I mean, even the top selling indie authors aren't shifting millions and millions of copies a year. But they they sell plenty to make a great living because the royalties are so high. Mm -hmm. But the point is, is that even if you are selling thousands or tens of thousands of books, you know, 95% plus of your audience still hasn't heard of you. So there's a lot of opportunity to grow. Mm -hmm. And that's what's so exciting. So this is why I decided to focus more on the marketing, because I knew that, you know, while I've only, and I say this in inverted commas, only got six books out there, you know, there's 99% 99% of my audience haven't even read one of them yet. So I'm really mm. excited to find those people.
0: Yeah, yeah, sounds great. Well, you mentioned that, you know, by putting the book out there, you you kind of put yourself in a vulnerable situation by giving the permission to your audience to kind of, you know, provide feedback. So uh, what kind of feedback did you receive with your first book? And how did you deal with the negative feedback?
1: The initial feedback was great, actually. I mean, I was really, really enthused by how, how much people were liking it. I mean, this was a relatively small number of people, of course, at the time. But those people who, you know, who, who did read it and who did leave a review left a good review. And it was great. And, you, know, you, get, you get the occasional one and two star reviews. And you know, they don't bother me anymore because you know, at the time it's a very personal thing early early on when I'd released it and people would now and again leave a critical review. I'd take it very personally and it would be, you know, it would ruin my whole day. Mm-hmm. But then I kind of changed my mindset and I figured, you know, this is obviously someone who doesn't like this kind of book. Uh-huh. Like, so, you know, I've got loads of five-star reviews and loads of good reviews. You know, the, the bad reviews are in the very, very small minority. So the book itself is, is fine, but these people just don't like this kind of book. Mm-hmm. But they took a chance on it. So, I would much rather that someone took a chance on my book and not like it than never take a chance on it at all. So, I see a negative review now as, in some ways, in a lot of ways, a good thing because it means that people are giving me a go and that's all I ask. So, Mm -hmm. for me, it, it really doesn't bother me anymore. It did at first, but you know, you've got to be a bit more pragmatic and practical about it and you know it's that mindset you know don't take it personally you know as long as the majority of reviews are good then you've got a good book and just don't worry about the odd person who doesn't like it
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's my approach too it's kind of you know it's very unpractical and too emotional to kind of to spoil your mood and uh, oh yeah it can it can consume they... <laughs> your life you yeah. really can yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely <laughs> well actually uh let's just follow your journey uh, as i assume uh, in the very beginning you didn't have large audience in place and online presence most probably so you were basically starting from scratch more or less
1: yeah starting from absolutely zero like no one on a mailing list or a facebook page nothing
0: Absolutely nothing.
1: This was something I had to build up over time.
0: Okay. So how did you approach like, which were the very first steps that you took and which were kind of quite effective in terms of building up your audience?
1: Well, in the first year, I think I followed the conventional kind of knowledge, which was the best kind of marketing is just writing a new book. And, you know, now I think that's a myth, you know. I don't think that's a useful approach. But at the time, this is what everyone was saying. You know, if you just write as many books as possible, then one of them will eventually stick, and you will sell all the other ones. And I thought, okay, let's give it a go. And I wrote six books in a little over a year, um, well, five more books in the year after I published my first book and you know it didn't really make much difference you know sales went up slightly but there was no kind of breakthrough you know certainly not enough to to to, to live full time on mm-hmm. and you know by the end of my 6th book you know i was getting a bit tired you know i was i was pinning all of my hopes on the latest release being the one that would catapult me into superstardom you know i think it's a, it's a common feeling that people have mm-hmm. and i you know i would notice when i'd publish a new book sales would go up slightly and then they dip and then they basically go back to normal again within a couple of weeks. And I thought, you know, this just isn't sustainable. I'm going to be having to write, you know, 10 books a year and then hoping that something's going to happen in order for this to work. And that's, that's no way to run a business because you're kind of hoping that something's going to happen. It is, is not something that you can control. So this, this kind of idea of just write more books just went out the window at this point. You know, one year later, that's gone. So I think, you know, what can I do instead? and then this this uh, advertising service called uh, bookbub came along uh-huh. i think at the time and i think most most authors have heard of the of these guys and what they do is is they, they will email out about discounted books to their to their audience and you know you pay them to get featured and i had my first bookbub advert and i sold thousands and thousands and thousands of books in that month you know it was absolutely incredible and then the light bulb went off in my head and i was thinking you know these guys their entire business model is get somebody's email address who is interested in books and then send them emails about books and ask them to buy and mm-hmm. i thought you know this is this is this is so simple but so effective what if i did this for myself so instead of relying on services like BookBub to accept me. And they don't accept everybody. You yeah. know, there's no guarantee you will be advertised with them. So there's no way you can plan ahead. So I thought, what if I had my own sort of private BookBub kind of thing that I could use whenever I needed to? So all of a sudden, you know, click, my mind shift changes. I'm no longer thinking about, let's just write as many books as possible. I'm thinking about, let's get as many readers as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't care if they buy my book today. But I want to get their contact details so that I can tell them about my books later, mm-hmm. and that's what I focused on. So my number one focus became getting new readers signed up onto my email list, getting them onto my Facebook page, you know, wherever it was. But focusing on email, getting them signed up, building a bit of a relationship with them, um, and then when I needed to run a promotion or a launch, I would uh, just I would email out to these guys whom I knew already liked my books because otherwise they wouldn't be on my email list. And you know, all of a sudden, I was I was doing launches where I was getting into the top two hundred on Amazon, you know, the top ten on Nook and iTunes and Kobo, and I was selling tens of thousands of dollars worth of books a month. Um, and that was you know, after maybe eight eight to twelve months of building that list up, I finally got to that point. And now I've got these people basically for life, so I'm building a career based on an asset, you know, my email list, an asset that I control, which is the number one thing for me is having that control, you know, super important.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, that's very interesting. But basically, uh, let's just, you know, dig into more details about this email list building thing. Uh, many, many people are kind of, you know, used to getting this, you know, ethical bribe of getting something, you um, in order to, to leave their email addresses with you. Mm. So how, I mean, what are you offering them um, when, when they come to your landing page or wherever they go to, to subscribe?
1: Well, this, this is an approach that I call, um, it's a system basically that I call reader magnets. And this is based on the idea of uh, what's generally known as a lead magnet. Mm-hmm. So like you just said, you know, if, if, you ju- if you just ask someone for an email address, chances are they will not give it to you. But if you ask someone, if you if you offer someone something that they want, and then say, "Give me your email address and I'll send it to you," you will get much much better results. You know, we're talking one hundred times better results if you do that. So with reader magnets, what I was doing was I was finding something book related to give people in return for an email address. So in my case, because I had six books, I just offered them um, one of my books for free. I said, mm-hmm. "You know, if you if you join my readers group." If you join my email list, give me your email address, then I will send you this book for free. And then you, know, you can read it, and then I can follow up with these people later on with my other books. And you know it worked amazingly, because you know, at first I was, I was doing what most authors do. Now, you know, 90, 99% of authors aren't asking for email addresses. And out of those people who are asking for email addresses, 99% of them are literally just saying, join my, join my newsletter, You know, they're just saying, give me your email address and not offering anything. But when you do offer something, you get much, much better results. And that's really the step change was offering my readers and my potential readers something of value that they would be interested in. So, you know, for fiction, you might offer them. If you've got loads of books out there, you could offer them one of your books for free. You could offer them a bonus chapter. You could write like some character histories Mm -hmm. in a little file you know you could for non-fiction you could do cheat sheets you could do videos you could do um case studies you know the list is endless as long as it's something related to your work that your readers are going to be interested in you you will get them to sign up to your email list and then you know that your list is is full of targeted people because otherwise you know they wouldn't have joined so it's Mm win-win really you know the readers are getting something cool you're getting their email address and everybody wins
0: Okay, I see. Well, it I I mean, I can see how it works. In case they already kind of know you and like your books. Uh, Does this work when you're just a new author who they don't know what you write about? Or you know, they're not familiar to you yet?
1: Yes, absolutely. I mean, like I said, 99% plus of People in the world have never heard of me, but they still go and sign up for my email list because they like getting free books. You know, it's good making sure I've got a, a really attractive cover. I've got, you know, I'm talking about what the book's about, why they're going to enjoy it. People will see this offer and they will sign up for it because they're interested in checking it out and reading it. So you don't have to be an established brand to take advantage of this, it's a way to build your brand.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I interviewed Mark Dawson, and he was doing a Facebook advertising to kind of drive traffic uh, for people to to get his um, first book of the series for free. And it worked Mm. amazingly for him. So how are you dealing with this? I mean, where are you getting those people who pretty much
1: everywhere? You know, it's Facebook ads are great. I mean, you have to learn how to how to advertise on Facebook before you can have much of a chance of it. And it's a bit of a learning curve. So, you know, for people who are, just, who are just starting out, you know, literally all you need to do is in the front and in the back of your books on Amazon or iTunes or Nook or Kobo, wherever they are, in the front, in the back of the books, just have, a, you know, have an advert that says, if you enjoy this book, you can get another book for free when you join my email list. Mm-hmm. or if you're not offering a book you can say you know get a free cheat sheet or get a free case study or get some bonus chapters or whatever it might be when you join my readers group or my email group or whatever you want to call it you can advertise in your books you know mm-hmm. for this kind of thing and you can use free promotions you know every every retailer out there offers the ability to do free promotions if you run a free promotion you you can get thousands and thousands of downloads without trying all that hard And that's thousands and thousands of people who see that advert and will potentially sign up to your mailing list. So you don't make any money off the the free book, of course, but then later on down the line, when you have a new book out there or you have a promotion you want to run you've got all these all these people ready and waiting
0: mm-hmm. who are
1: your perfect reader your perfect customer and they're ready to hear about your new work so you know it works amazingly well so you can you can go out there you can pay for adverts via facebook or google or wherever you want to advertise or you can use free promotions on amazon or the other ebook retailers uh, on amazon and in fact all the retailers you can do permanently free books if you really want to which works great, you know. You can have a, a book that's permanently free and is consistently sending you traffic to your email newsletter, you know, on autopilot without you having to touch it.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, you
1: can use you can use giveaways like Rafflecopter is is one one idea. You could offer you could offer some 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 paperbacks or hardcovers of authors in your genre, and people who enter the giveaway, you can ask if they would like to get one of your books for free as well. You know, keep everybody who's interested um, and discard the rest. You know, there's endless ways to build a mailing list. There is no shortage of traffic on the internet for you to take advantage of. You know, it's just, you have to go out there, you either have to work hard to get it organically, or you have to pay for it. You know, mm-hmm. Either way, there is no shortage. Uh, and if you've not got a traffic problem, you know, and no one has a traffic problem, all you need to do is convert that random traffic into subscribers. Mm-hmm. by offering them something in return for an email address. And then, you know, you've got the basis of a list building strategy that works wonders.
0: Ah, oh, yeah. And and I, I think that by putting that adverb in the, uh, adverb in the very beginning of your book, uh, even those who don't buy your book but look inside it in the first pages to see if, if it's their piece of cake or not, they will still get that link.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, put yeah. it as, in as many places as you possibly can because there's always a possibility that if it's just in the back of your book, people won't see it. So, you know, put it in the front, put it in the back, put it in, you know, your author description, you know, mention it in the product description as well. If you can put it on your website, put it on your Facebook page, mm. everywhere there are people put that, put that advert. And it really does make a huge difference.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, I see. And you mentioned that besides fiction, you also have a couple of nonfiction books. And I presume that the audience, the potential audience of those non-fiction books, is a bit different. I mean, the overlap shouldn't be that big with your fiction readers and mm. non-fiction audience. How do you deal with that? Do you build like two audiences simultaneously?
1: Or? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's tools out there that will allow you to build an email list and keep it segmented without yeah. you having to worry about it. So, you know, for anyone listening who's getting who's getting that kind of that tech fear. Don't worry, there's, a, there's tools out there, free tools, that will allow you to do all this you know, on autopilot. So you don't have to manually do anything. And then it's just a case of keeping your audience separate. So where I've got fiction and nonfiction, I keep those completely separate because they're interested in different things. So I don't want to email my nonfiction guys about my fiction work because they're not going to be interested and vice versa. You know, that's just going to annoy people. You want to make sure you're only emailing them about stuff that they're interested in, and if you're, you know, if you're a fiction author um, and you're writing in different genres, you know, you can keep those separate as well. So you know one list for romance, one list for westerns and sci-fi. You know, keep them separate. Make sure that people are only getting information about things that they're going to be interested in. That's the key thing because you don't want to you don't want to annoy these people because yeah. they've taken a bit of a leap of faith. You know, they've they've gone and downloaded your book, and while it is free. You know, they have to invest time to read it. So, you know, you've got to respect them and you've got to make sure that you're, you know, treating them,
0: treating them right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see. And do you kind of email them about new releases or you have some content that you share with them periodically to keep them engaged?
1: I try to I try to email them a couple of times a month. You know, if, if I don't have a promotion that I'm running, I'll email them about books that uh, other authors have written that I think they'll like. So if if in one month I'm not running a promotion or I haven't got a launch, you know I'll I'll talk about books that I've read that I think my audience will enjoy, and I'll say you know I just read this book, it's fantastic, you know you can go check it out mm. um, on on these stores if you want to buy it, you know otherwise you know shoot me an email back and tell me what you enjoy reading, and then I, I can read about what they like.
0: Okay. You know, it's
1: just just keeping that engagement going really because if if you leave a if you leave an email list stale for too long you know let's say six months you've not emailed them and then all of a sudden you send out a launch email chances are a lot of these, a lot of these people won't remember yeah. that they signed up in the first place which can cause problems because they'll put you in the spam folder True, and you don't want that so you know once or twice a month if I've not got any promotions to run I, I'll just recommend some books that I've enjoyed that I think people will like you know and it just keeps things keeps things going keeps people engaged.
0: Okay, I see. Well, it seems like you've got grip on everything and you've reached the stage where many writers kind of dream of getting into, which is making full-time income and doing solely what you love and write books and, you know, do everything around those. So, uh, why did you decide to create this course, which is Called get your first ten thousand readers
1: because so many people asked me to do it. <laughs> I <laughs> decided it would be a good idea. I mean, I, I wrote my nonfiction books, which are you know they touch on some of the things that I go into a lot of detail about in the course. Um, but the problem about with books are that you know people might pay four or five dollars for a book, right? but the chances of them going out and implementing it and really working hard to implement those those strategies is pretty low. You know, number 1 because it's a book and it's quite difficult to show them exactly what they need to do in enough detail mm-hmm. using text. And secondly, you know, a 4 or 5 dollar ebook, you know, it's not a big investment. You know, people aren't going to be, you know, worried that they've spent all this money and not doing anything. So, you know, a lot of people I found they read the book and then they don't do anything with it. You uh-huh. know, I, get, I get emails from authors who have read these books who are asking me questions that are you know, answered in the books themselves. And I started thinking, you know, how, can I, how can I better educate people? And it's about education. And you know, from a book you get a lot of information, you know, stats and data information. But when you, when you go into a course, you go in to learn something, you're getting an education which is different. You know, it's it's about having a system that you can follow that is going to work, and that you're going to work hard to implement it, and have that support network as well. So, for me, having a, a proper course um, was absolutely the way to go. So, I spent a, a long time building it, um, and now we have we have hundreds and hundreds of authors going through the material, and people are just absolutely loving it, getting some great results. You know, improving their sales, getting more readers, getting tons of reviews, and you know, just really enjoying. Marketing for the first time because you know when you're an author you don't want to spend your your whole day marketing, do you? Hustling you want to write yeah. stuff. That's the whole point of why you're doing this. So I'm showing people how they can build this email list and build this engagement and this audience and how to sell effectively without having to spend all day doing it. Because once you have these systems set up and ready to go, they basically run on autopilot, and you can get back to writing or spending time with your family, or you know, skydiving, or whatever it is you want to do. And you know, that's what people love, you know, something that just works in the background.
0: Mm-hmm, I see. And this 10,000 readers, I mean, is this like a real figure you're putting in there, or it's just a figurative thing?
1: So I, I based it on my experience. So I spent about eight months building up an email list, and in that time I, I reached close to 15,000 readers in that time. Mm-hmm. and you know i'm I'm convinced that people can get to ten thousand you know a lot quicker than I got to that level because i I spent about half that time doing it wrong, so basically everything I'm teaching people in the course is the stuff that I know works, so all the experimenting all the trial and error that I spent thousands and thousands of dollars on that didn't work you know that's that's gone and i'm only focusing on the stuff that i know absolutely works so you know i i know that people can get to that level quickly if they implement the if they implement the the strategies in the course you know for sure so you know it's a realistic number and i think it's you know once you get to 10,000 readers you know you you can quite quite feasibly make a living from your writing you know if you're if you're doing mm-hmm. it right absolutely so it was a it was a chosen figure one that i think people can realistically get to and you know make some make a good living from
0: Okay, now I'm going to ask you a um, somewhat painful question uh, for okay. writers. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, once someone gets your course and goes through the things and, and kind of, you know, really responsibly does what you suggest and goes through the material and implements the things, uh, are there any additional, I mean, h- how much investment does one needs to make in order to implement all those things?
1: None. Everything I show you in the course, I do two things for you. I, sh- I show people, here's how you do it for free, mm-hmm. um, but it's going to take you quite a long time and might be frustrating. Um, or here is a, you know, a paid premium version that you can pay for and will be a lot quicker for you. So you know, once people have enrolled... Um, I, I show for example, I show them how to run giveaways, how to format their books properly, how to optimize their books for the different websites, um how to do Facebook advertising, you know, all the ways that I build traffic and convert it into fans. I show them how I do that and what tools I use. But I also show them, you know, if you don't want to pay um to do this to use this tool. Then you can do it for free, and then I walk them through the process. Then it's up to them to choose. Um, you know, personally, I'm I'm at a stage where I would would rather pay a few dollars to just get it working quickly. But I know that some people want to do it themselves because you know I did everything myself when I was starting out, so that I you know I understand how it works. So I show people how to do it. So once you're in the course, you don't have to spend another penny. If you don't want to, which is kind of what I wanted to get to, because you know not everybody wants to spend thousands of dollars on Facebook advertising or website design or all this stuff. So the whole intention was to show people how to do it without a big budget. So no investment required once you're inside the course. And you know I, I also offer ninety plus minutes of training for free as well. So it is uh, the full course is is a premium training course. But I do offer a lot of free content so people can get some results straight away without having to pay for the course uh, and they can see if it's right for them. So it's absolutely all there for you, uh, ready to rock.
0: Okay, well, great. I mean, because uh, I have so many kind of people who who end up um, thinking that maybe you know lack of big budget may be the issue of you know moving forward, so we dealt with that and and the course uh i mean do you feel comfortable sharing about how much does it cost
1: well, I'll tell you what I'm not going to tell people how much it costs because it's a meaningless figure you know until you until you see what the course can do for you and how it can improve. You know what you're trying to achieve, then you know, talking about price is just not going to help anybody. And this is why I put together a lot of preview content. You know, I've got th- three training videos, 90 minutes of training for you, absolutely free. And if you go through that and you think, you know this is absolutely what I need, then we get on to the talking about the price. But if it's not something that you're going to get some use out of, that's a good opportunity for you to go take a look. So you know, we keep, keep the lid down on the price until people have seen what's inside
0: Okay. I see. I see what you mean. So um, basically where one should go to get those um, free materials before get, getting into the course?
1: Sure. I've got um, well, I've got the three videos, the free training videos. I've also got a case study as well. And mm-hmm. this is really cool because um, early on I, I did some work with uh, another indie author and we basically implemented everything that's in the course. And we took his sales from you know like it was twenty twenty thirty dollars a month, and we bumped that up to three thousand dollars a month you know within like six weeks. we really focused on using everything that's in the course to get those sales up and build that audience you know he 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 went from zero readers on his mailing list, didn't even have a mailing list up to over a thousand, you know, just within a few weeks, sales went up and it made a massive difference for him. And I've included that case study along with the, the, the free training videos. It's all up at yourfirst10kreaders.com and all the information is there.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. I see. So what would you suggest someone who's just starting, like, let's say, you know, he doesn't really have six books out there. He's just writing his probably second one, let's say, should he get a certain amount of books out there to start kind of going through materials and implementing some stuff? Uh, or? Well, the,
1: e- the email list is the most important thing. You, know, that you can never start too early. And whenever I talk to authors, you know, they say the one thing they wish they'd started earlier was building up that mailing list because it's such a massive asset. And you don't need to have 50 books to make this work. You, know, you only have to have you know, one book, you know, or even, even, you don't even have any books yet. You're just nearly ready to release your first book. You can absolutely start building that email list right now. You know, literally if, if you, if you take the information that's in the free videos and you implement it today, you will start getting readers onto your mailing list literally by tomorrow. You know, it does work and you don't have to have a big backlist. You just have to have something to give to people. in return for that email address and you know by the time you're ready to release your first book or your second book or your 50th book whatever stage you're at you will have that built-in audience ready to rock you know it's you cannot start too early with this
0: Okay, I see. So basically, I mean, we kind of, you know, uh, the way the interview went, uh, we kind of concluded that the email list is like the the crucial part, like the the biggest part of the puzzle and, you know, the one we should build things around. Uh, But uh, any like more specific anything else besides the email list, one should be concentrating on in the very beginning, what else is, uh, you know, one should pay attention to
1: you have to absolutely make sure that your books are the best quality they can be and you know we're talking getting a decent cover not doing it yourself in in powerpoint which i've seen (laughs) um making sure it's well edited you know this is this is the usual advice and it's 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 common advice because it's true you know your books have to hit a minimum quality level in order to in order to be taken seriously and it's no good giving away free stuff and getting email addresses if people don't like your books oh, or yeah. they or they think there's spelling mistakes or sloppy editing or the cover looks like a looks like a toddler drew it with a crayon you know it's not going to work you know you're not going to be able to offer someone something for free or for money if it doesn't look professional so you're starting out you know whether it's your first book or your 10th book or your 100th book make sure it's the best product that you can possibly make it and that does make a huge difference
0: oh yeah exactly because otherwise you will be promoting and letting more people know that your books are not good enough
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly you don't
0: want that kind of publicity oh yeah i see well okay i mean I'm, I'm really grateful for all these insights you shared with us it was really interesting and uh i'm i mean this kind of stories inspire many people, because uh, basically, how long did it take just a couple of years to get where you are?
1: So it's close to three years now. Yeah. And two, two of those years were spent not knowing what the hell I was doing. And then one of those years was kind of spent understanding what I needed to do, and then making it happen. So it's not a quick process. You know, if you don't know what to focus on, it can be very difficult to kind of go down the right direction. And, you know, that's why that's why you and I are here, I guess, is, is to help people steer themselves into a position where they know what they need to do. Because once you know what you need to do, you have the power to make that happen for yourself. Yeah. So hopefully you'll, you'll all go away from today, you know, after your commute to or from work and you think to yourself, right, you know, I know what I need to focus on now. And then you think, you know, how am I going to go make that happen? But that's the first crucial stage is knowing what to do. So fingers crossed.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you very much. I wish uh, our listeners kind of, you know, to to overcome everything much faster since they already kind of have the filtered information in your (laughs) videos. And I wish everyone um, very large and effective email lists.
1: (laughs) Wonderful, yes, absolutely.
0: Okay, thanks a lot for coming over.
1: My pleasure. It's it's been fantastic. Thanks a lot.
0: Thank you. Well, I guess that was all we had. I'm sure that the strategy Nick is using is quite simple and easy to replicate. So basically, um, I guess even if you have... One book out there, um, just try it out uh, and uh, see what happens. Go and um, register to the free videos and read the case study because they are really valuable. I've gone through them myself and, you know, I've learned uh, quite a lot from there as well. So basically, um, check it out at yourfirst10kreaders.com and I'm sure you'll learn a lot there. Uh, Also, don't forget to get your free ticket uh, to the Self Publishing Success Summit at www.anialexander.com backward slash SPSS. And of course, uh, keep on writing, of course, uh, try to stay motivated and encouraged and inspired because after all, uh, you know, no matter how many people here come and give interviews and no matter how many solo episodes I make, after all, ultimately, it's basically your responsibility and it's basically you who has to keep doing what you're doing and who have to uh, basically, you know, stay motivated and not give up and follow your dream and continue moving forward. So just, you know, make sure that you keep that strength inside, make sure that you still have the faith burning inside you and don't give up. We'll be sharing many different techniques, many different strategies. We will be having many guests over. Each guest will bring in something new and, you know, eventually. Eventually, ultimately, sooner or later, you will get where you want to be. So take care, have a great week, and I'll meet you in the next episode.